Hi everyone and welcome to another podcast from Firms Consulting and this podcast is linked to the article we published recently, the speech that defined McKinsey. Now, I'm not going to repeat everything that was in the article, but I'm going to talk about some of the key lessons that the article extracts. There are many lessons. I'm not going to talk about all of them, but I'm going to talk about one particular lesson that I experienced personally um, during my recent travels to the United States. Now, up front, I'll say very clearly that when we write about Marvin Bauer and we talk about his principles, it is not as if we are talking about McKinsey, right? We are talking about Marvin Bauer. And I think people, readers need to understand that there are many McKinsey partners today that I know that I would never work with because I think they have the most horrendous value system I've ever seen. There are some really senior partners that ran major practices for McKinsey, sat on the management committee that have left the firm that I still wouldn't work with today because I also feel they have bad values and bad ethics. Now, when you listen to us talking about Marvin Bauer, it is certainly not an advertisement for McKinsey. It is an advertisement for Marvin Bauer and what he stood for. And I do feel very sincerely that, you know, because Firms Consulting has worked with so many of these senior partners, that the ones we work with have retained that value system. But there are many that have not retained that value system. And when you read about Marvin Bauer, you are reading about Marvin Bauer. You can draw whatever conclusions you want about him into McKinsey. Uh, on the other hand, you have to not be naive and assume that everything's all, you know, gumdrops and rainbows at McKinsey. They have their fair share of problems and they've got to deal with it. And you not and you should be aware of that when you want to join the firm. It is not perfect. So that disclaimer aside, let's talk about the lesson I experienced. Now, Marvin Bauer talks about many things in this article, but the underlying theme is this concept of inspiring, of, of finding the right people, outstanding people, inspiring them to achieve great things, and requiring them to achieve great things. I mean, that's the underlying theme. He's used a lot of details, quite a long speech. Hopefully people didn't have plans when they're attending that speech because they surely would have missed them, you know. My my point is that I'm not going to talk about every single detail, but I'm going to talk about the underlying theme and how that resonates with me personally and how it resonates with me personally from an incident I experienced when I was um, traveling in the United States. So um, we invited students from many schools while we were in the United States to spend time with firms consulting with our partners and talk to us, right? And these were students that we like a lot. You know, these are students that we think are some of our favorite students. We know them extensively. We think highly of them. We believe they are going to be great leaders in the future. Uh, that's just no doubt. These are the people that we know in the future. They are going to do astonishing things in the fields of business, in the fields of commerce, in the fields of government, nonprofit, what, whatever lays out there. They're just that good at what they do. So we invited them to to spend time with the senior partners, with myself personally, and also with um, with some of our senior partners who were there. So we brought in different partners on different days, and we had uh, these students spend time with them. Now. There was an incident that took place, and you may call it a sequence of incidents, but I would refer to it as one incident because it's all linked to the same things, that made me think very carefully about values and what consultants 
look for and what consultants are like. Um, there was a guy, let's call him Edward. So Edward is an astonishingly brilliant MBA from one of the top, well, according to these two schools, they're the top two schools in the United States, right? A very smart guy. And Edward is, I, I would say, a good um, um, friend of firms consulting, someone the partners know well, someone we've spoken with for a long time, over a year and a half. He's, 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 an, he's an exceptional young man that if you look at his resume, you'll say, wow, I want to be this person, right? And we've, we've known Edward for a long time. Now, whenever we're about to meet clients, we are the kind of organization, if you've worked with firms consulting, you know how tightly controlled we are. We control every part of the interaction, and we do that for a reason, because we want to make sure that the interaction is beneficial for both parties, but more so for the, um, for the students meeting us. So, when we, when we, when we, before we meet students, we have these discussions internally about saying what could go wrong when we meet the student. How do we mitigate that? Which student is likely to be the most disappointed from this interaction? How do we cater for that? We have these kind of you know devil's advocate sessions internally, and we plan for it. Now sometimes we don't do that enough because we feel that this student knows us so well that it's not as if we're meeting someone that is external to the firm, but someone who, yeah, of course, everyone's external to the firm, but he is the least external to the firm because we know him so well or her so well. So we went down and we spent some time with Edward over a few days and, and many other students, but something, but there's one thing that Edward did that made me think very clearly about consulting values. So anyway, as the event progressed, what we noticed Edward was doing is that he was ranking the firm's consulting partners. It was obvious he was doing it, and he was he was not happy with the fact that I, I and these are things we're assuming, right? We're assuming that he was ranking the partners and saying, okay, this partner is more senior, this partner is less senior, this partner has a better relationship with the firm I want to join, this partner has less of a relationship with the firm I want to join. And, and you can see he was doing it through the questions he was asking. Now, now Edward may not have realized this, but when Edward asked me a few questions, I knew very quickly that Edward was already starting to do this. And through the sequence of questions Edward asked me over those three or four or five days, I could see where he was going with his thought process. So what Edward was doing is he was ranking the partners, and I could quickly see that the partners that he had ranked more highly, he was investing more time in developing a relationship with them, which is obviously encouraged. It's the first rule of networking. If you feel this partner or ex-senior partner of McKinsey or BCG is someone that could help your career. You spend more time, you know, building a great report, building a great relationship with that partner. And I was quite pleased to see that, right? So initially, it didn't bother me that much. But in the back of my head, I knew that I got to watch out because something could go wrong. Yeah. So, so no problem there, right? First rule of networking, build relationships with people that you think are going to be useful to your career. But then I felt what happened is that what Edward started doing is the partners that he felt were less important 
for whatever reason, he may have felt that this partner doesn't want to share too much information with me. And I'll be quite honest with you, firms consulting partners do not disclose much. Uh, we are quite tight-lipped about things. Um, and even even our senior mentors, like you know Kevin Coyne was down for this event as well. He shares stuff, but the rules are the way the firm works should never be disclosed, should never be discussed. Um, that's only We only discuss that with employees of the firm, no one else. So I kind of got the feeling that Edward was not happy with this, and I'm okay with that. But what Edward did next surprised me a little bit. Rather than 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 you know setting up a one-on-one conversation with me and saying, Michael, you know I know firms consulting manages things very tightly, but you know could you talk me through how this process works, how this process works, how that process works, rather than pulling aside Kevin and saying, hey, you know what, Kevin, I know you guys are doing these things, you know, with firms consulting, but you know maybe talk me through the rationale, the thinking. Edward didn't do that. What Edward started to do is, I think he started to resent the fact that some of the partners didn't want to disclose things that were firm confidential material with him, and he resented the fact that some of the partners were, I think, I think he, he felt were less of a priority to his career, and he started attacking them. When I say attacking them, I mean he was a, he did certain things verbally. He said certain things that were he did it to basically be rude to the partners. So he, he he got up one morning, he thought about this, and he said, hey, you know what? Um, I'm going to do this to make this partner feel bad. And I observed him doing this. Second, body language. Certain things were done with body language, hand movements, uh, brushing aside comments and so on, that to an external observer, you know that when these things happen, you know when someone does this to you in any culture, uh, Western, Eastern, um, okay, I'm missing out Africa, yeah, Southern, Northern, Russian. Um, you know when these things are done, it's a, it's a dismissal. Someone's dismissing you because they think you're not important. Now, to me, this was quite an eye-opening experience because I had thought that I had groomed Edward quite well over one and a half years to understand the value system of management consulting. And the thing that disappointed me a lot with Edward's behavior is that two things. Edward, you could, I could see Edward building up to this, in inverted commas, an attack on the partners. I could see it. Based on the line of questioning he was going for, I could see he was going to do this. Moreover, I would say an hour before things got really bad with Edward, Edward comes up to me and says, Michael, um, what would happen if I challenged the partners or 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 did certain kind I don't want to go into the details here, but what would happen if I challenged the partners? How will they react to this? What happens if I question them on these things or if I if I you know um if I take all of the tricks you had taught me about managing people um, maintaining relationships, maintaining leverage, and so on. What would happen if, if I did that with the partners? And I said, okay, two things are going to happen. Uh, f- one, if you do that, you better be really sure you're comfortable with the outcome. Because while we've taught you how to manage people, we've never taught you what to do when someone does that to you. 
you don't know what the countermeasure is. And this is important. When you react to some, when you do something, people react to it. We haven't taught you what the reaction is going to be. The reaction could be if the partner thinks you're being rude, they may step away from you politely and not engage you. Or if the partner thinks you don't need their help anymore, they may decide that they're no longer going to mentor you. And and one of the reasons I did that with Edward is that I, I was indirectly warning him that please, whatever I think you're going to do, don't do it because it's not going to end well for you. Edward listened to that and just went ahead and did it. Now, the thing that, that, that got me here is that, and I think that thing is useful to most people, is that it's really easy to say you're going to follow your values when things are going well. But in the heat of the moment, it's hard to follow your values. But here's the thing that upset me a lot with Edward's behavior. It wasn't the heat of the moment. I saw him over a period of two to three days through his behavior, choice of words, and sequence of actions. And I keep a quite a detailed log, right? I pay attention to every little thing that happens. And I watched him build up to this point where he made the decision where he's going to make a senior partner of Firms Consulting or he tried at least to make a senior partner of Firms Consulting feel bad. For whatever reason, he just felt this partner was not important. He wasn't happy with the fact that we didn't want to share confidential information with him. Now, the thing that bothers me a little bit about Edward's behavior is that, firstly, consultants are not vindictive by nature. We're not aggressive. We don't attack. And Edward was displaying attack behavior. He decided, you know, in the legal system, when we prosecute people, well, I don't, I'd love to be a lawyer, but I'm not a lawyer. But when you prosecute people, one of the things you have to prove is intent. Did the person intend to do this? Do they plan it? Or do they do it in the heat of the moment? It's a very important rule in the legal, you know, system. If, in, if intent can be proven, then the person can be punished to the fullest extent of the law. If intent cannot be proven, that means they did it in the heat of the moment, they were emotional, then the legal system will handle it a very different way. Edward's behavior was intentionally, he was intentionally trying to provoke and be difficult. He was intentionally trying to attack, even though he was warned not to do it. Now, this is the thing that gets me. Edward comes up to me and tells me he's going to do it, and I say, look, if you do it, be wary of the consequences because you don't know how the partner is going to respond. He's never going to attack you, but he could step away and choose not to, um, um, you know, mentor you. He's not going to insult you because, again, consultants don't attack. We do not attack people. We choose to back away and rationally explain the logic of what we are doing. But Edward went in, all they say in poker, all in threw everything on the table and decided to move ahead with the attack. Now, I had a discussion with Edward later about his behavior. And Edward was didn't know he had done this. But I don't think he didn't. I think he knew he was doing this. But he was upset that someone had, had drawn it out. Because it was intentional. You could see the sequence. You could see the questions he was asking us over those few days where he was going with this. So it would be take a very naive person to not have seen the sequence, the build-up. Now... Edward apologized to me for what he had done and for making us feel bad about what happened. Now, the thing that I would wanted Edward to understand, and I'm not sure if Edward understands this, I'm not sure why he's apologizing, right? He said, Michael, I apologize if I hurt your feelings and that of the other partners. And I said, okay, that's nice, but what are you apologizing for? You set out to hurt our feelings or you set out to be intentionally disruptive and rude in the session. So, are you apologizing because you set out to be disruptive and rude? Are you apologizing because 
you being disruptive and rude hurt our feelings because you shouldn't be apologizing because you hurt our feelings. You set out to do that. You set out to be difficult in those sessions. What you should be apologizing for, Edward, is the fact that despite all the time we spend investing in you and we spend a lot of time in this guy in teaching about values and principles, you should be apologizing for the fact that you d ignored our principles, you ignored our value system for one and a half years, and on the day when I warned you not to do it, you still ignored it and still went ahead with the attack. That is a different apology. Apologizing because you hurt our feelings is kind of weird because you wanted to do that, right? You should apologize for wanting to be disruptive. And it made me think quite carefully about the way we, we screen people because I don't think anyone could have known Edward would have reacted like this. But personally, I feel responsible for this because I do feel I'm the closest mentor to Edward. And two things, Edward had an incident in their past which, to be honest, I don't feel I fully explored because I think I was trying to protect this person's feeling, feelings, sorry. And at the time when the incident occurred, I gave them the benefit of the doubt and assumed they were right. And I never actually asked them for this incident in the past, before what happened in the United States. I never asked them, why did you do this? And when I asked the person, no, so, so I just assumed that what happened in the past was not their fault. A bad assumption to make. It was a bad mistake as a mentor. And actually, after this incident in the United States with Edward, I asked Edward, this thing happened in your past. Why did you do that? And Edward said, well, this person insulted me. That's why I wanted to insult them back. And that's the question I should have asked Edward. Why did you do this? And the problem Edward has is that he, he chooses to attack people. He chooses to attack people and he's shocked with the consequences. Now, let me give you an example of this. Right? Go onto the street corner and punch someone and let's see what they do to you. Tell me what they do to you. You probably won't be able to respond because they probably beat the hell out of you. And that's what Edward is doing. Edward is attacking people and then Edward is absolutely God-smacked when the people are attacking back. He doesn't understand this. He doesn't understand why people are attacking. But one thing I'm trying to point out to Edward is that not everyone has firms consulting values. You do that in another situation and you're going to be walked out of the door and maybe beaten up. The point is you do not attack people. There could be many... Re so if you choose to build a relationship with one partner, that doesn't mean you can be rude to another partner who you think is not important to your career. If you want to understand confidential information about an organization, it does not give you the right to have that confidential information. No matter how many times you ask that information, if you're told indirectly, you, you know, we don't share that information, just because you're not getting the information does not mean you have the right to get that information. Moreover, when you intentionally set out to hurt someone, there will be consequences. There must be consequences, right? You know, I remember reading, I think it was this month or last month, the Harvard Business Review did a story with Alex Ferguson, in my opinion, arguably the greatest leader in sports of the modern era, right? And he has eight rules for how to lead people. He says the first rule here is that people must know who is in charge. Now, we, if, if what you're saying is that if a player challenges authority, he'd immediately step in and made it, make it clear to the player that, that the player knew who was in charge and the team knew who was in charge and the fans and management knew who, who was in charge. Now, when firms consulting is heavily influenced by the Boston Consulting Group and McKinsey, and not just the bad partners, the really 
I would say the outstanding partners. I really think Kevin Coyne is one of the best partners McKinsey ever produced for his value system. And I mean that. He he should be mentioned in the same breath as people like Kenichi Ma and so on. Um, the kind of value system they have is that they don't attack. The kind of value system we have, again, is we don't attack. So when someone does those things to us, we think, okay, interesting. Let's be super polite to this person and let's try to teach them the right behavior. And I can assure you, 19 out of 100 people are not going to do that. Coming back to my analogy on the street, you attack someone, they're going to attack you back. That's just human nature. You think you won't do it, it's going to happen to you. Because, firstly, when you are attacked personally, you take it personally, and you feel you have to defend yourself, or you feel that this person is not worthy of my time, so I'm going to have to attack them back. And I see that with people all the time, and it always bothers me, because I always tell people, why are you attacking? What do you possibly gain from this? And even asked Edward, when you did this a long time ago, the incident I did not explore in much detail, what happened to you? Did you benefit? You felt good for five seconds, right? When you attacked this person. But what happened when they through all of the resource behind making your experience a miserable experience. Did you gain anything? No, you didn't. So attacking gains you nothing in the long term, gains you nothing in the short term, gains you nothing in the medium term. Now, the thing I want Edward to understand here is it's no point apologizing to the firm's consulting partners or to anyone for making them feel bad when you set out to make people feel bad and be rude. What you should be apologizing for is the fact that you have this characteristic of ignoring the principles we thought we embedded into you to attack. Consultants don't attack, right? When someone sees that you deliberately set out to be malicious, they do not have any forgiveness for you. I mean, it's the rule of the nature. Now, as as Edward's mentor, I've made it very clear to him that if he needs to, to he needs to take stock of what happened. He needs to think carefully about why it happened, and he needs to change. Um, I wasn't happy with what happened. I was extraordinarily disappointed with his behavior because that is not the way we behave. It's not firms consulting really holds ourselves to high standards. Uh, you know, people who've worked with us are always astonished by the standards we have. People insult us, we will we will listen, we will be polite about it, but we will not attack back. It is not the way profession. We're not business people. We are professionals. We hold ourselves to the highest standards, and I certainly expect someone I've mentored for one and a half years to understand that and to show that discipline and that behavior. Right. Now, I'm not entirely convinced Edward understands what he did wrong. I think Edward is upset because he was disruptive and made some of the partners feel bad. And that's not what I want him to feel bad about. I want him to feel bad about the fact that he is he had malicious intent. And that's what he's got to beat out of his system. He's got to not plan these attacks when he thinks things are not going well or when he doesn't like someone or when he feels his feelings are hurt. You cannot do that. Right, because you know he's very young, but as he gets older and older, if he doesn't, if he doesn't extract this malicious behavior from his system, he's going to come up with even more elaborate schemes to punish people, and eventually he may end up on the cover of Fortune magazine for you know something really bad that he doesn't want to be there for. My my point is that spending time with Edward has taught me that there's a whole side to values that we need to understand. And it's not just values that are breached in the heat of the moment, but it's values that are breached with intent. And uh, watching Edward's behavior, 
I think that there are people out there who, when they feel slighted, when they feel disrespected, when they feel they don't get the information they think they deserve, even though they may have no right to it, they respond to punish the people who are not giving them what they want. And I think you have to be super careful about that. So certainly my experiences with Edward have, have opened my eyes to a whole new side of how to manage values and how to control values. And, and I wonder, you know, did we, did we groom this person enough? And I think we did, but clearly it wasn't enough. Clearly we didn't touch the right points. And it, it, may, it makes me want to go back to the drawing board of the way we teach values and the way we, we bring that to bear on situations. I don't really have the answer. I'll be honest, I don't know the answer here. I, I was not expecting Edward to behave this way. I was not expecting Edward to not know what they did. I mean, to, Edward knew what they did. They were quite happy about it when they left. I had to bring it up and mention, this happened. Do you know it happened? Which bothers me a lot because, you know, having a conscious means when you do something bad to someone, you know you did something bad to them and you should feel bad about it and you should want to apologize for it. You know, up to this day, I do apologize to people for little things. You know, I apologize for this and I don't know if you noticed it, but this is what I was thinking. And I, and I do that all the time. It's not because I'm doing it just because I want to, because I know how people feel when they are, when they are slighted and you don't want people to feel bad that way. And it's my, my fervent hope that Edward understands exactly what they did that was wrong. Because it's not what they think it is. And secondly, it's not whether they feel bad about themselves, but whether they, you know, whether they surgically remove this part from their personality. Because it is not an attractive trait. It is something that I picked up very quickly. I knew it was going to happen. I can actually, you know, I can actually watch the sequence of events building over two to three days. I don't want to go into the details, the questions that were asked, and so on. My my point is that if you set out to breach values, I do not think there's any one in the world who's going to forgive you for that. And if you set out to breach values, then you should really think very carefully whether management consulting is for you. Because one of the questions I'm asking myself deeply is that we're training Edward to get into McKinsey. Should he be at McKinsey with this kind of characteristic trait? Now, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt once, but only once, and assume that he will fix this. But of course, if he exhibits even the slightest transgression related to this, I mean, there's a pattern there, and we will have to, you know, sever ties. Hopefully, Edward realizes his mistakes and hopefully he fixes it. And one of the reasons I'm putting out this podcast is to indirectly communicate to Edward, uh, in, you know, take the time to explain what I think happened and why it happened, because I think that it's important he understands what is happening. The worst thing you want to do for a mentee is brush over an important incident to say, oh, everything will be fine, you'll fix it, when it's not fine and they need to fix it by taking tactical and practical action to change their behavior. Um, and, and I do feel this has hurt Edward's career. Not not with us. We, we are very careful. If we choose to work with someone, we work with them um, to the standards we apply to all clients. So the fact that we're keeping Edward in the system means that we've, we know he's made this major transgression, but we're assuming he's young and he'll fix it. But when he's made this mistake previously, I mentioned he did this before, it did hurt him. It, it really hurt him and he didn't understand why he was doing it. I spoke to him a few days ago and he said that, uh, Michael, I understand the mistake I made previously is that I, 
I sabotage myself. And I said, that's not the lesson. The lesson here is not that you you deliberately sabotage yourself. The lesson here is that you don't know the consequences of your behavior. That's the first thing. And the second be the second lesson here is that you are del- you are you are intentionally setting out to make some people feel bad about themselves. Those are two lessons. It's not that you are deliberately sabotaging yourself. A lot of people can deliberately sabotage themselves without doing it intentionally. Here, you are, it's not about sabotage. You don't even know you are sabotaging yourself. But you are planning an attack. And second, you're not when you attack someone, you're not expecting repercussions. Now, how in the world can you not expect repercussions is beyond me, but that is basically what is happening. So I'm hoping I'm hoping Edward will listen to this, and I'm hoping people who are listening to this as well now will realize that when someone insults you, you feel slighted by someone, do not say anything that makes them feel bad. People can pick it up. And just because they don't react immediately doesn't mean they will not react at all. It is better to, as the Bible says, turn the other cheek, I think. The Bible also says an eye for an eye, but I'm going to assume that we'll tear out that page and not read it. My point is that do not set out to punish people. Please, never. It's not the behavior of management consultants. We are insulted all the time, but we do not go out to punish clients. We do not go out to insult people because we feel that we've been slighted. That's not the behavior I want you to have. I'm not saying, you know, be turn the other cheek all the time. The point is if you feel you cannot engage someone talk to them and tell them this is the problem I'm having with our relationship but you do not go out to attack them I just do not understand that that kind of behavior should have been you know I think it was signed off or banned by the Geneva Convention you know it's that outdated it's so childlike it's so medieval in your behavior you should not be that way we have we expect the highest standards from our clients we expect the highest standards from people we engage and I'll be honest we will enforce that kind of behavior do not let yourself down by being malicious. You will never win. No one wins by being malicious. You will always lose in the long term and you'll probably lose in the short term as well. And if you think I'm lying, go punch someone in the street and let's see what their behavior is. As always, I'll welcome your comments.